This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He'll just dump one off and it's intercepted. Odell Willis has it. Tipped it up into the air and then pulled it down. The Merrick Commonwealth comes up with the interception. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards side. scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, two potential Edmonton Oilers in town today visiting our lovely city. Will they be Edmonton Oilers for real in about 72 hours? We will discuss that this evening as the free agent frenzy is heating up. Left winger Milan Lucic along with defenseman Jason Demers both visiting Edmonton today. Oh, I want to hear from you on this one, of course. Lots to talk about because if the Oilers get one or both, going to mean uh, other changes necessary to the roster as well. Phone lines are open right off the top today, 780-496-0063. And, of course, you can text 630-630. Former NHL defenseman Jason Strudwick will join us in about an hour. That'll be fun. George McPhee on the show as well, the former general manager of the Washington Capitals, now working with the New York Islanders. His son drafted by the Oilers over the weekend, Graham McPhee will catch up with George and get his thoughts on looking at things from the perspective of a hockey dad as opposed to a hockey manager. And between 8 and 8.30 tonight, you heard me mention yesterday Tom McLaughlin, longtime Ched listener and caller. You knew him on this show on Oilers Now on Overtime Open Line. Tom passed away recently at the age of 96. He was uh, a, a great caller I know a lot of you loved whenever he called in, so about a year ago on last July 3rd, I had him on the show as a guest because he has a long athletic history uh, himself, involved in a lot of sports in the city. I will replay his uh, his interview at 8.05 tonight, and we'll talk a little Oil Kings later on with their general manager, Randy Hanch. How are you doing tonight? My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.08. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will also keep an eye on the Blue Jays tonight. They'll uh, be going up against the Colorado Rockies. Jay Happ on the hill. What a season he's having. 9-3 with a 3.42 ERA. Eddie Butler will go for the Rockies. He has not been enjoying the same caliber of season. He's 2-4, and four, an ERA of 6.71. Okay, so fun and games, isn't it? Uh, I, look, I, I'm going to say right off the top here, just for my personal speculation, and I've said this about Jason Demers before, doesn't surprise me at all if he becomes an Edmonton Oiler. And I and I know a lot of you, you know, and I know there's always blogs and people speculating. We have to be realistic. Jason Demers is not an elite NHL defenseman. He is not an excellent NHL defenseman. I think he's a good NHL defenseman. And the Oilers don't have enough good NHL defensemen. And I continue to not believe um, that the Oilers will 
get one of the 15 or so true elite stud, whatever word you want to use, number one defenseman in the NHL. Um, the Subban stuff was flying around. I know the Shattenkirk stuff flying around. We'll see. I don't see it. I, I continue to believe it will be a defense-by-committee situation by the Edmonton Oilers. Try to grab one or two other guys who are good, who are solid, who are experienced. Hope for continued growth, a little bit more improvement from Clefbaum and Nurse and, and Davidson. And uh, maybe if everybody's a little bit better, you know, the whole is better than the sum of its parts. We'll see. It's still going to be a tough road for the Oilers on the back end. I believe that. I'm not going to sell you any fairy dust that one or two acquisitions will all of a sudden turn this team into a uh, lockdown, transitioning the puck-style defense. But if they sign Demers, they get better. 23 points in 62 games last season, so if he hypothetically stays healthy, respectable around 30 points a season. Uh, I already got a text coming in here to 636-30. How big is Demers? Is he a puck mover or a physical defenseman? He is uh, 6'1", 200 pounds. Here is the thing about Jason Demers. I don't really think he he stands out in any areas. Um, but, I, but I would also c- contend and that he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. And he's 28 years old, and he's played 423 NHL games. And if you remember the s- things I said during the season, when the Seth Jones stuff was flying around and people wanted to trade Nugent Hopkins for Seth Jones and he wound up going to um, wound up going to Columbus and and, uh, Ryan Johansson wound up going to Nashville I said there's nothing for me against adding Seth Jones to your roster the problem I had with adding Seth Jones at the time was great let's add yet another guy early in his career let's let's heap more responsibility on guys 20 21 22 23 let's try to add guys who are in that 26 to 30 range who've played several seasons who've been in the playoffs who have who have learned who have already been developed by other franchises jason demers isn't going to come in and win the norris trophy uh, he's not going to completely transform the oilers as a hockey team but I do think he would help. Again, does he help? Assuming he's the only ad this summer, there probably will be other changes. Assuming Jason Demers is the only change this summer, does he make the Oilers a drastically better hockey team? Absolutely not. I will not sell you that. Does he make them better? Well, I think he would. Sure he would. Sure he would. Would he come here and play more than he would have to on probably half the teams in the league? Yeah, he would, because that's where the Oilers are at. We know it. We all know it. I mean, they gave up 31 shots a game last year. The one guy's not going to come in of his caliber and play 27 minutes and shave eight or nine shots on goal off. But do I think that he's an improvement? Yeah, I think he's an improvement. So, that's one guy who was here. Obviously, more hype around Milan Lucic, who's coming off a 55-point season with the Los Angeles Kings. He uh, will not be returning to L.A. as a uh, younger man in 2011, and then in 2012 he had 62 and 61 points respectively. Uh, Lucic just turned 28 back on June 7th. I mean, the guy's probably looking for six years, as much money as he can get. Maybe he wants five and a half, six million $6 million per season. Can you blame the guy? He's going to try and get it. Gene Principe 
Our buddy from Sportsnet camped outside of Rogers' place today. He himself took the video of Lucic and Demers and Kevin Lowe and Peter Shirelli and others of the entourage coming out of a, t- a tour of the rink. Uh, I know some fans saw Lucic at the airport, and it's all going crazy. Gene Principe did tweet this uh, at about 10.15 about this morning. Here's what Gene wrote. Only June 28th, but one source said 100% and another 95% that Milan Lucic will sign with the Edmonton Oilers on July 1st. Let's see if it happens. That is exactly what Gene wrote. Okay. So, Gene's talking to some people. Most of us in the media don't try not to make a habit of putting things out there that we think are true. We try not to make habits of putting things out there from sources that we don't trust and who we believe are informed on the situation. And I think certainly Gene Principe wouldn't do that sort of thing. It was interesting later this afternoon, Curtis Stock, uh, formerly of the uh, Edmonton Journal, uh, I mean, the, the guy who kind of was on their, I guess to call it the gambling beat for part of his career, for lack of anything else, covered a lot of horse racing, does his NFL picks all the time, writes a lot about golf. Uh, I, I, to my memory, has never specifically uh, been on the Oilers' beat. Having said that, Again, no reason to distrust Curtis. He says, I understand Luch, this was about three hours ago, I understand Lucic signed with the Oilers. He's another piece the Oilers need. His next tweet, got it from a good source, announcement on July 1st. Then Stock also wrote, at the risk of starting another firestorm, I understand Jason Demers is going to be an Oiler too. Um, all right. Then we have a gentleman named DJ Bean who is the Bruins beat writer for WEEI on CSN New England, Comcast Sportsnet New England. He wrote, and I'll have to paraphrase because he used a word I can't say on the radio, Milan Lucic just told me report he's agreed with Oilers is bull, fill in the blank, BS. Now, you can't actually sign today. I spo- I, I mean, you're, you're even discouraged from verbally agreeing, though I suppose the, uh, the powers that be that try to monitor this court- courting period in the NHL is, is never really going to know if somebody verbally agreed or not. Um, but Milan Lucic is also on a tour that includes a couple of other teams, and it has been reported by several sources that 10 teams in all have expressed some sort of interest. So there's where we are with that. These two guys were here. I think they both make the Oilers better, though certainly with Lucic coming in at perhaps around five and a half or six million dollars per season, though you cannot go forward um, with all the existing salaries on the team. Eberle, Nugent Hopkins, Hall, six million each. Pouliot, four million. Yakupov sitting at two and a half. So what happens? We will discuss. I will get to some of your texts to 630-630. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. Oh, it's heating up, isn't it? You can actually sign free agents on Friday, and don't forget, we'll have special coverage of all the free agency stuff on 630 Ched starting at 11 a.m. on Canada Day. Reed Wilkins with you. We're back after this break. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Boys, 
620. By the way, the Vancouver Canucks have been fined uh, $50,000 for tampering because GM Jim Benning said in a radio interview that he would have interest in P.K. Subban and Steven Stamkos. And along those lines, I got a couple of texts here. John says, hey, Reed, what else is Lucic supposed to say? Can't say, yes, I'm going to sign, or yes, we potentially have a deal. Nothing can be said until July 1st. Todd says, of course Lucic would deny. Could he not be fined if he was open in saying he had made an agreement? Well, I mean, you're, you're right. I, I mean, he's, you can't start officially signing guys until July 1st. And here's, uh, I think it was Mike Russo from uh, Minnesota that put this out. Uh, he uh, obtained a memo from the NHL to general managers about this interview period that started uh, when, I guess, on Saturday and goes till when free agency starts on Friday. Here's what it says. Please be advised that clubs are permitted to discuss the potential interest in as well as general parameters of a potential future contractual relationship with another club's pending RFA or UFA during the applicable interview periods. The clubs may not enter into any agreements or make any binding offers, promises, oral or written, concerning the terms of a potential standard player contract with another club's pending RFA or UFA. So you're permitted to discuss potential interest and the general parameters of a potential future contractual relationship. Okay. So you can order soup but you can't specify what kind of soup you want. Uh, look, well, I mean, those textures are right. I mean, for all we know, Milan Lucic could have said to Peter Shirelli, yeah, that sounds great. Let's, uh, you know, I'm leaning towards coming here, and i got to go visit these other cities, but uh, let's keep talking, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be Edmonton. He may have said that. So he, he has not signed with the Oilers, but he may have made, he may have given strong indications that he would like to sign here. But, but those textures are right. He is not he is not going to come out and say he's committed to the Oilers. And why would I mean here's the thing. He's looking for a job. He's being he's basically being interviewed for a job. You've probably all been in that situation. Maybe you've been lucky enough to have multiple opportunities. Maybe you really like the first company that interviewed you and you like the terms and conditions. If you have other interviews lined up, you're not gonna say no. Because just maybe somebody else will knock your socks off or want to make you a millionaire. John says, I don't think Gene Principe is a liar. Then what does his tweet mean? Look, Gene's tweet, and if you missed it, he says only June 28th. But one source said 100% and another 95% that Milan Lucic will sign with the Edmonton Oilers on July 1st. So Gene's saying he's talked to a couple people who are really sure that Edmonton's the front runner. I don't think Gene's a liar either. I talked to Gene today. He was camped out and saw Lucic coming out of Rogers' uh, place with Jason Demers. Magic Mike says, uh, mark my words, Milan is coming. My buddy is in real estate and said Milan contacted him today. Heard it here first. Okay, well, again, it's that type of, type of season where did Milan Lucic say, I'm buying a house in Edmonton? Or did he phone somebody in real estate and say, what are house prices? I would like to know to gather more information about this market. 
Wes says, I think signing Lucic would be great, would fill Hall's spot on the top line, and then you could trade Hall for a top defenseman. Well, I certainly hope if Taylor Hall is traded, the Oilers get something good. Uh, did, I, did I hear Stauffer and Spectre talking about Adam Larson today? I mean, come on. You're not going to trade Taylor Hall straight up for Adam Larson. That's not a fair trade for the Oilers. Dirk says, hey, Reed, I'm not interested in Lucic. Too expensive, in my opinion, not to mention, I think in the last two or three years, he will be considered a boat anchor contract. Let's spend the money to improve the defense instead. Thanks. Darcy, the VAC truck driver. Darcy, I hope you pulled over safely to send this text. Says, I think if we could keep the core, even if we somehow, or pardon me, he says, I think we could keep the core, even if we somehow sign Lucic and Demers. Move out Pouliot, Yakupov, and either Latestu or Korpakoski for either picks, prospects, or even chicken feet. Sign Enroth or Johnson and let's start the season. Go into next offseason and see where the value is. Darcy, the VAC truck driver. Well, I don't think they're going to keep all those guys. Will Capaldia says, does signing Lucic and trading Taylor Hall make the Oilers a better team? If not, why do it? Great point. Armswar says, people need to call down. Lucic has so many other options, including Vancouver. No reason to come to this hellhole. All right, well, there's some positive energy from Armswar. Cody says, doesn't it seem strange that Lucic would go out of his way to tell the Boston DJ it's BS? If it was, in fact, BS, why would he go out of his way to try to shoot down the rumors? He's trying to protect his former employer. That is from Cody. Okay. This person says, to all the listeners saying Lucic replaces Hall, he does not. It's not close. You're right. You're right. Lucic does different things than Taylor Hall. He has dimensions to his game that Taylor Hall does not have. Uh, but overall, he doesn't drive the player, produce as many points in a manner that Taylor Hall does. And that's, that's what's a little scary to me here. In my, in my mind, if you have Lucic... Maroon, uh, Pouliot, and Korpakoski down your left side, you don't really have a number one point-producing left winger. Though, you know, though Lucic and Pouliot can get points, I don't think they're as special as Hall. Uh, we'll keep going with this discussion. Lots of texts rolling in. If you want to call, at 780-496-0063. We're back after the news. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Cam Talbot has been an Oiler for a year. They traded for him at the draft last year in Sunrise, Florida. Big uh, rainstorm in Denver, so we got a delay here between the Blue Jays and the Rockies. Reed Wilkins with you, Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Man, we got a lot of texts coming in. Not as many phone calls, by the way. If you feel like actually having a uh, old-fashioned voice conversation, you can do that as well. I, I, there are probably too, me too many texts for me to read all of them, 
So I will uh, read some of the highlights or the ones that uh, sum up uh, uh, many ideas at once. Oh, now I think the phones are ringing a little bit. Uh, this texture says McDavid will easily be the highest paid player in the NHL. 10 to $11 million long-term salary in a few years. Why bring in $6 million uh, more, such as Lucic, when the Oilers already have three of those contracts that we can't seem to bargain any of them for even a good number two defenseman? This texture says, uh, sign your first name if you remember, by the way. It all depends who you get in a, oh, it just refreshed. It all depends uh, who you get in a trade for Hall. I'd take Hall over Lucic any day, but would you take Hall over Lucic plus a significant defensive upgrade? That is from Julie. Frank simply says, I'm going to jump off a bridge if they trade Hall. Frank, please do not do that, regardless of who is traded or isn't traded. Please don't do that. Listen to this show. And let my soothing voice keep you calm. Or whatever it does to people. Hi, Wayne. How are you? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Good. Hey, Reed, uh, I, I won't be jumping off the bridge either way uh, with Hall, whether they keep him or not. But uh, one thing that really bothers me is the people that call in, text in, and they defame Hall's character. Now, everyone that talks, you know, everyone that watches Hall, whether it be on TV or they go to the rink, watch him play, everybody can gripe about, you know, different things with any player, and that's fine because they paid their money to do it. But when they say he's a cancer in the dressing room and all these other things, I mean, really no one knows that. I, and, and I think that's just wrong that they would do that to a young man who's playing in Edmonton or anywhere else for that matter and talk about things that they really know nothing about. Well, Wayne, what I find interesting in this, it, it, what has happened during the season, and you sound like you probably listened to this show and others in in Edmonton, during the during the season, uh, there's uh, there's always a very vocal group of people telling me and Rob Brown and Stoffer and Jason Greger and whoever that Taylor Hall uh, is is it's his fault and he doesn't try hard enough, and he's a bad human being, and the Oilers have to trade him. And that picks up momentum. I don't think that's the majority of the people, but I think it's a, a vocal minority. Now I find it interesting that perhaps a Taylor Hall trade could become a reality. I mean, now i got people saying they would jump off bridges if they trade him. So it's like now people are confronted with him not being in the lineup. They're like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about all the good things he does. Yeah, and, and I mean... Like I said, Taylor Hall as a hockey player is one thing. Everybody can judge that from what he does on the ice and have their own opinion, and that's fine. And they can do that about all the players. But but him saying that he's a cancer and he's the reason the Oilers losing and you know he's bad in the dressing room, I mean, I've met Taylor Hall and had a brief conversation with him once. Seemed like a nice young man. I couldn't vouch for his character one way or the other. I have no idea what kind of teammate he is or what goes on in the dressing room. And, and neither does anybody else. And I wish those people would just shut up about it. And uh, they do need to do something. I mean, the Oilers need to do something. Everybody knows that. Yeah. They know what the Oilers need. And Taylor Hall will get them the most at this point. So if he, if he goes, he goes. And good luck to him wherever he goes. And if he stays, well, great. I'm sure he'll be a good Oiler. But, but just lay off the guy's character. That's all I ask of the other fans. All right, Wayne. Thanks for listening, buddy. I'll talk to you again.
That's Wayne at 780-496-0063. This portion of the show, by the way, presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Uh, Tim says, I'm a diehard Oilers fan. I just hope we win games. Well, you know, fair enough. Bottom line. If, if Shirelli, move, Shirelli might trade your favorite player. You might do it in the next few days. If the team looks better and they win more in October, you're going to be fine with it. Uh, Justin says, Hall is awesome and a better point guy over Lucic, but if we can trade him, then we can be better on defense, which will outplay how many points Hall was getting. The amount of one-goal losses we have each season is brutal. Uh, And I'm going to get to Mike on the phone line right away. I'm just going to read this text from Brian, who says, Poor Taylor Hall. He was the new face of the city. He was a hero here. And look at how he's looked at now. He's easily a first-line player on any NHL team, and now he's basically chopped liver in our city. Disgraced oil fan I am. Brian, you're talking a little bit about, about like Yoda there, but that's okay. Brian goes on to say, it just never stops here. Hall's a hockey hero and has been placed on the back burner. We're going to trade him, and I can assure you in six years, if that happens, McDavid will demand a trade. Thank you. That is from Brian. Okay. Well, Brian, you're going down the road a little bit. Um, I, look, we're not talking about Taylor Hall as, as a certainty being traded. I mean, it could just as easily be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It could just as easily be Jordan, uh, Jordan Eberle. Though I know, you know, the depth down the right side isn't the same. Uh, they had Pugliarvi fall into their lap a little bit. But again, I don't know if you want to take another 18, 19-year-old and say, you're on the first line, buddy. Go turn everything around. Mike's on the line. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Doing great. Good, good. Yeah, just regard uh, Taylor Hall. I mean, I think he's a phenomenal hockey player. But let me just ask you. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm an Oiler fan, so I'll ask the other ones. Porters for Hall. What's the worst that could happen? Lose, you know, uh, finish in last place again? Like, seriously. Well, that's, that's the somewhat sarcastic comment I've made about Shirelli maybe not being afraid to do something drastic. I mean, what's he afraid of, finishing 35th? They've been in the bottom three in the league six of the last seven years. So you can't, okay. you can't do much worse. Having said that, I mean, you can't – but still – he has to, if, if he's going to trade a big name, you still just can't do it for the sake of doing it and not get a helpful, good player in return. Which I agree totally. But I think that if the, the last resort is to get uh, maybe a fast second-pairing defensive for Taylor Hall, so be it. It's better than what we have now. Even if we didn't trade Taylor Hall and we didn't get a defenseman, we're like, he, he wins your games too. you got to remember, I know we're not soccer, right? But you need good defense to win hockey games. And sometimes, you know, like the with like for example, Anaheim. I mean, they have obviously a Corey Perry and Getzloff and so, but they got good defense, right? And that can give them the puck to these guys. Where, I mean, you have to give. I'd rather give Eberle up from then Hall. But if it means giving up Paul for defense, then I'm all for that. I mean, it, like I said, what's the worst going to happen? I mean, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like the the some of the hypotheticals that are out there, and I think somebody uh, I, I didn't hear all of Bob's show today because uh, I was uh, having lunch with a relative, but I heard the second hour, and I know they were talking a little bit about, you know, Hall for Larson, and I think somebody said it was Larson plus a second round pick. Well, it better be Hall. It better be Larson and something else if that's if that's the deal. Yeah. No, I. I mean, this what I would love to see is Edmonton get. Uh, I, I don't think it comes Clarkson off uh, Ottawa there. They're going to make the positive instead of Subban. Well, I mean, Carlson would change the look of the franchise. You'd have one of the best young defensemen in the league on your team, and you'd have the best young forward in the in the league on your team. Perfect. 
That would change everything, buddy, for sure. I but, love it. Mike, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We're going to go along to Mark as well. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind, man? You know, uh, my comment is in regards to Taylor Hall. And, I mean, I, I don't want to see him go, but my issue is when you're trading one of the premier wingers in the league, and if you're trading him for a defense, you've got to get a premier defenseman back in return. And as you said, if you're talking Larson, well, it's obviously got to be Larson. And as they love to say, plus, plus. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're if you're trading across for a PK Subban or a Drew Doughty, and I'm talking premier defenseman, I mean, because we are talking a premier forward, you you have to get equal back in return. If not, you know, uh, ship Pouliot or something like that out the door to uh, you know to make a lesser deal happen because to trade him for you know a, a couple of prospects and uh, you know a second tier defenseman just doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, the the possibility that was hanging there for most of the season of an Everly for Hamannick deal always sort of intrigued me, though I know it pretty much obliterated the right side because Yakupov is, is Yakupov, and, and I know they added Cassian, but Cassian himself says I'm going to play on the third or fourth line. Um I don't. I, I mean, I, here's another thing, and and there are so many possibilities. What, let's here's a here's a big hypothetical for you, Mark. Let's forget about the two guys that visited today for a second, okay? What if you traded Everly for Hamannik and, and were able to sign Ocposo? Well, I'd be just or, fine. Or, or Louis Erickson, <laughs> or Louis Erickson, who's maybe not as doesn't score as much, but he adds something down that wing a little bit, and right. Yeah, well, no, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't have an issue with Everly moving out the door. I, no issue against the young man. I just think his defensive game is sadly lacking. Um, well, here's but I, the, thought I thought Hamannick was a done deal. I thought he was uh, staying in New York. Well, I, right. I mean, they could still trade him, though. Just because he rescinded his trade request doesn't mean they couldn't still trade him if, if they if they like the price. But, but, but I'm talking more about that. I mean, I kind of yeah, heard that yeah. was sort of just hanging there between the two teams during the season and no one ever really stepped up to pull the trigger on it. Um, so he, the thing about Everly is, and I, and I know so, I've had some texters tell me that I'm too hard on Everly and they said, hey, don't remember, you know, don't forget he scores over 30 if he's healthy the full season this year. Fair enough. I just, I just look at Everly and say he needs to be maybe the fifth best forward on your team. And on the Oilers, he's always been the top two or three. Right, because he doesn't have a huge impact on the game on the nights he doesn't score. Lucic is on the other end of that, right? He cannot score, but he's grinding the other team down. Maybe he's hitting, maybe he's fighting if he has to, and all that other kind of stuff. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Everly just doesn't bring anything physical to the table. It's just not in his game. And then, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that because there, there's a lot of players like that in the NHL. But again, it's how imp- where do you fit in on the roster, right? Well, and, and on our hockey club, unfortunately, that uh, that isn't going to cut it because we're just not physical enough as a team. So right. As a result, everybody's got to kind of pitch in, and and that's uh, that's a, the spot in his game that he doesn't have. Right, and that's why Maroon made an impact because at least he he and hey, look, I know Maroon had really good stats. He had off nights, and he only played a dozen games. There were maybe three or four games he didn't notice them as much. But at least he makes an effort to occupy important areas of the ice, below the icing line in the other team's end and the front of the net. He's not a curl away and look for a pretty play type player. I, I got a hypothetical for you, Reed. Is our, um, was our fourth pick 
is he not more valuable now than he was at the time of the draft? I'm throwing that out there. I don't want to. I don't want to see Fuli RV get traded. Somebody said that yesterday. I'm saying he's got more value now than he had when when the uh, when the draft happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if they traded him because he he has value as a player. You don't have to protect in the expansion draft, too, right? No, absolutely, and that, and that's another reason why you, you can't uh, you can't trade away those picks right now because you'll have well, you'll lose somebody that you really don't want to lose. Mark, where, I mean, with him, we've got him tied up for what three years, where he can't do anything. Four years. The oh, the entry level deals, yeah, they're three years. Three years, so. Mark, yeah. thanks for calling, buddy. It's always good to hear from you. Hey, thanks, Reed. Six forty-six inside sports on six thirty. Chad uh, Viking Rod says, uh, I think Louis Erickson is a right winger. Yeah, sorry if I miss. I meant if he was added on the right side. I meant like what if he or Ocposo, for example, were added on the right side. Sorry if I wasn't uh, clear on that. Uh, this texture says Ocposo would be a downgrade from Everly, in my opinion. Everly is a better point producer. Uh. DCK in Vancouver says, a high read, same nonsense I heard when Gretzky was traded. Hall is not going anywhere. Think of the lines with him and Lucic. It will be Nugent Hopkins as the key piece to trade for a key number one D. Oh, sorry, for a key number one D, and this is from CK in Vancouver. All right, we have Brian in Edmonton on the line. Brian, good to hear from you. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Doing great. Hey, good show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the camp of... Uh saying why the heck would we want to trade Taylor Hall uh, because if you if you had a, a good puck moving defenseman on the Oilers that was a one or two top pairing every every forward would be, become better and Taylor Hall would be uh, you know even that much better uh, yeah we're going to have to give up something for sure and I personally wouldn't mind seeing either Everly or Hopkins um, they're both valuable, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I also agree with with the pick on Everly. Is he's not his defensive game is near enough. Taylor Hall has gotten a lot better. Um, I have a question for you about Anaheim. What what gives with the Anaheim uh, defense? I mean, they, they've got an abundance of defense. They got a couple of young guys that are coming up this year. Yeah, well, there's some um, speculation about Fowler being available, right? And I know. Uh, Talking, I was talking to a buddy last night who who, who just thinks Cam Fowler is is no good. <laughs> really? Uh, well, not no good, but that he's a little sheltered there, and he would come here and have to take on too response too much responsibility, and wouldn't be able to cut it. He makes four million a year for two more years. Then he's a UFA. Um, where am I looking here? Lindholm is still an RFA, and uh, Votnin, who I really like, if you've listened to the show, is locked up for the next four years at $4.875 million per season. Yeah. They got Bieksa for a couple more years. They got Dupre. Actually, they got Dupre until 2021. I forgot they had him for that long. And they got and, Stoner and Josh Manson for a couple more years each. And, they got, and they've got those two young kids that are they're, they're really uh, making waves. Like, oh, Theodore and uh, who's the other one? It starts with an M. I have to uh, check the goals roster. Oh, are you thinking of Josh Manson? No, no. Uh, but but Theodore definitely is one of them. I mean, these guys are these guys are like sounds like they're ready to step in and play in the NHL. Um, but you you, you got to think that you know there's, there's got to be a deal out there. I mean, even the kid in uh, Carolina that they've been talking about, he's a he's a big solid uh, right right shooting defenseman. Uh, and I can't remember his name either right now. Um, 
which Falk? Yes. Yeah. That's him. What, what's hap- What's the story on him? Like, what's the scoop on him? Is, is he is he not uh, is he not going to be uh, a potential you know defenseman that, that'll come on the market or? Well, I mean, he's still got four years left at at, at four point eight, uh, and Carolina is they got a lot of room on their cap. So, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I don't, I don't, I, 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 you know, I like Falk, but I'm not, I'm not as high on Falk as some other guys. To be honest with you, well, no, but that would be an improvement, and and you know, we could we could do trades like that without giving away or you know, trading away Taylor Hall. Uh, you know, I kind, I kind of like the, I kind of like what you're, what you are suggesting that, you know, you can make some trades without trading Taylor Hall that would definitely improve the Oilers. Uh, you know, it may not be the home run, but it'll definitely improve them. Well, and and that's why, I, again, I and to get back to the defense, I, I, I mean, look, I know Jason Demers isn't going to come here and get 60 points, but he's he's better... I mean, he's better than Davidson, as as hard as Davidson worked last season, right? He'll be better if whoever fills the Griba party role. He's better than Fane, and he can yeah. maybe fit in. I mean, the Oilers are probably going to have their top four defensemen sharing a lot of time. McClellan seeing how the breeze is blowing that night and playing to the better matchups or whoever is playing well, and that's not ideal, and that's still going to be a challenge. Yeah, but I, I, I just, I, I think, I, I don't know how else the defense is realistically going to be structured. I really don't. Yeah, but, but even, even without making a trade, which I'm pretty sure Peter Trelli is going to make a trade. Yes. And hopefully we're going to get in a, 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 a good defenseman that's going to help a right shooting defenseman. But even without a trade, if we go into the, if we go into the season healthy, uh, like firing on all cylinders, healthy, we're gonna, we're gonna already be better than we were last year, I believe. Well, I think McDavid and Talbot are the wild cards. It might depend on how well they play in terms of how close this team could potentially be to a playoff spot. I still don't know if it's going to be a playoff roster, but we don't. I don't really know what McDavid's ceiling is. I think I know what it is for Talbot. It just is a matter of how often he plays to it. How do you mean McDavid's ceiling? Well, what's the most points he could get in a season? 90, 95, 115? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, could he win the scoring title by twenty points? I don't. He could. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not far. He's not going to be far away from it. Uh, if it's not this year, it'll be definitely the year after. Brian, thanks for calling, buddy. Thanks, Larry. All right, want to get Joe in here as well. Hey, Joe, what's up? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Reed. I'm a big fan of your work on the radio. Appreciate it. Um, you know, as an Oilers fan, I'm quite conflicted about the current situation that the Oilers face. You know, on one hand, you don't want to give away a premium asset like Hall for anything less than a surefire top-pairing defenseman. But at the same time, I think the reality is that, you know, I know we have McDavid and he's just in the infancy of his career, but I don't think the window to win the Stanley Cup, even with a superstar center like that, is as long as people, you know, might popularly conceive it to be. So... Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, his prime years are going to be, you know, the first few years, obviously with his entry-level contract and the first few years out of that, that will be his peak level of play. And I think I'm pretty sure Peter Shirelli and the Brains Hust there know that that is the prime years to capitalize on championships. Sure. And, you know, unfortunately for the Oilers during the pre-McDavid era, they just didn't, you know, hit on a defenseman. I mean, all the teams that have let's say the 12 or 15 teams that have a legitimate number one defenseman, those teams all 
drafted and developed their own homegrown number one D-man. Yep. And for the Oilers, unfortunately, on all the drafts that they finished at the bottom, I know, I mean, I can't really complain because we got McDavid, but unfortunately, none of the previous drafts, you know, uh, resulted in a top-pairing defenseman. Um, unfortunately, in all those years, it was always a first-line winger or, you know, yep. uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a centerman. There just wasn't that option to take a player. The one draft I would say that, you know, had the Oilers not finished at the bottom of the league and maybe been a little bit more towards the bottom half of the top 10 would have been 2012 where we got Yakupov. And if you look at that draft, that would have been the draft to maybe have, you know, uh, drafted a defenseman or whatever. But or that's trade down. I mean, over... In hindsight, it's easy, right? But you probably, exactly, ideally, exactly. if you could go back in time and whisper into Tamalini's ear, you'd say trade <laughs> down, right? Exactly. That's just crying over spilled milk at this point. Um, so, you know... I don't think there's the Oilers really can't address their deep to the draft now either because I mean Jesse Puliyarvi sort of fell into their lap so we can't say that we drafted you know a Sergachev or a Yul Levy and we can wait on that player uh, to see what that type of player becomes in two or three years from now but um, the only current player on the Oilers roster who I think has the capability and certainly has shown flashes of being that at least the top pairing defenseman would be Oscar Kleffbaum. I do want to temper people's expectations, I think, on Darnell Nurse. Like, I like his raw skill. I like his character. I like his grit. He certainly seems like one of those glue guys that all good teams have. But I don't really cap his ceiling to be that much higher than number three D-man, which is important. I'm not trying to say you can't be part of a winning team. But I think sometimes, you know, as an Oilers fan, we have those Oilers-colored glasses and we kind of overrate our own players. And uh, I still feel we need to acquire that complimentary player for Oscar Clefbaum to really take that next step. How that can happen, I'm not too sure. That's why Shirley and the boys get paid the big bucks and I'm just here watching them. But I'm not sure um, I'm not sure Nurse is gonna be um a high level point producer from the back end. Oh did we lose him? We lost him. But uh that was Joe. Good call Joe. And Joe said an interesting thing and I do I still have my notes somewhere? I got a scribbler full of notes. I don't know if I have it in here. But I was looking up a lot of uh, high-scoring forwards, even going back to guys like Guy Lafleur. Uh, I don't know if I have it in this book or not, but probably about three quarters of the guys have their peak offensive season by the time they're 24. Now that doesn't mean that they are still aren't good players after that, but let's face it: six, seven, eight years from now, we're probably going to be talking about the next Connor McDavid, right? And players keep getting better and better. So, I mean, the Oilers can't wait too long with McDavid on the roster. That's fair. All right, I got a break for the news. Rocket is on hold. Rocket, I know you're an old friend of the show. I am going to get to you, and Jason Strudwick's coming up in the next half hour as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.